hello there, you Awakening Wonders on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts. We really appreciate you, our listeners, and want to bring you more content. We will be delivering a podcast every day, seven days a week. Every single day, you'll get a detailed breakdown of current topics that the mainstream media should be covering. But if they are covering, they're amplifying establishment messages and not telling you the truth. Once a week, we bring you in-depth conversations with guests like Jordan Peterson, RFK Jr., Sam Harris, Vandana Shiva, Gabor Mate, and many more. Now enjoy this episode of Stay Free with Russell Brand. Remember, there's an episode every single day to educate and elevate our consciousness together. Stay free and enjoy the episode. Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Thanks for joining us on our voyage to truth and freedom. Remember, you can become a supporter of our content and get access to our exclusive interviews, like our conversation with Tucker Carlson. It's up there right now, as well as a whole host of other brilliant assets, such as join us when we chat to Schellenberger, Greenwald, Vandana Shiva, Bobby Kennedy. So join us and become a supporter. Otherwise, stories like this one might not be correctly covered. I've been aware of this for a while. Have you? The idea of euthanasia, assisted dying. And like you, I always thought what they mean is people are terminally ill. They've got a long, debilitating, crushing, awful disease, slowly and in anguish and agony, propped up by drugs. Eventually, we grant them the dignity of an assisted death. Well, that all sounds perfectly reasonable, but there are all sorts of thresholds we might cross when reasoning ourselves to death. And it seems like Canada has crossed many of those thresholds because being considered now for assistance in dying, it seems, are people that are incurably ill, which includes things like mental illness, could be deemed incurable. So depressed people, people with anorexia, and guess what's being discussed now? Poor people. Yep, you guessed it. It's depopulation. It's eugenics. It's Canada. But tell me, importantly, has the guy running the country got a nice haircut? Oh yeah, it's very nice. Oh well, probably they're really liberal then. Let's get into this in some more detail. Today, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau introduced legislation. Look at the words, right to die, in the corner of the screen. Like, firstly, it's suggesting you've got the right to die because it's your life, but also that it is right to die. Of course, it's inevitable that we will die. And so many of the problems I think we face in the world are because of our confusing relationship with death, our inability to accept it, our refusal to discuss it. Think of all the complications around wills and legacy and families feuding after death. Think of our inability to tell one another that we feel deep love and emotion or sadness because we're not able to properly compartmentalise, embrace or understand death. But the idea that death is something that's just another life choice, like, I don't know, getting highlights in your hair or nail extensions, is an indication of where modernity is delivering us to. To legalise physician-assisted suicide. It's a deeply personal uh, issue that affects... It's a deeply personal issue. These are just not that far from the sort of things that Harold Shipman said, or sometimes people just don't work anymore and we have to turn them off. People are bad machines. The bad machines don't know that they're bad machines, but the people at the factory know. Harold Chipman was a doctor that just like killing elderly people because by his verdict, they were too old. He just decided, that's enough of you now, Mrs. Johnson. I've heard about all I'm willing to listen to about those corns. Night, night. You can't use reason and rationale to start eliminating people or actually you can and they are and it's leading to dystopia. Some believe 
it is their only option. We are very concerned about the exclusion of individuals um, with mental illness. No one should be faced with such an impossible choice. So right, they started it with, of course, if you're dying with cancer, oh God. But when you slowly and incrementally start to go, but what also about people who are a bit down in the dumps? I mean, like, there's points in my life, I'll tell you candidly, in the last few months, where if someone said, would you like to press this button and die? I'd go, yes. Bye. And I'm pretty glad that that option wasn't available to me. All of us are likely to feel depressed and suicidal at points in our lives because guess what? We live in a depressing and suicidal world and this is part of it. The federal government is defending its decision to delay the expansion of medically assisted death to include those suffering from mental illness. It's the second time they've pressed pause on the legislation. <laughs> like everything is like a game now. Let's press pause on the legislation and press end on that person's life. Everything's not a machine. It's not mechanical. We don't fully appreciate and understand reality. There are dimensions or at least aspects to reality and consciousness itself that we don't fully appreciate. And it's this assumption that we've arrived at the zenith of what it is to be human that's leading to this kind of dystopia, I believe. The question here is a state of readiness. And so what I, what I think we're going to be looking for on that basis is the preponderance of reasonable opinion. Um, that the system is ready. Uh, and at this point in time, that isn't the case. What that man's saying is, is the obstacle to activating this program is not a moral, ethical, or existential examination of the issues, but just because they haven't got the death factories fully operable yet. It's a pragmatic issue that's delaying it. Once we've got that death system in place, enough beds, enough tubes, enough injections, whatever means they're going to be dispatching people, then it's go, 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 because there's no other obstacles. I mean, the very idea that mentally ill people actually should be able to make that decision is by definition absurd because, oh, I don't understand reality, I'm mentally ill. Well, would you like to die? Yeah, I suppose so. And would you like to marry this ice cream? Why not? She's gorgeous. Hey, that ice cream is a boy and you just misgendered it, which I'm afraid is death. Currently, medical assistance in dying has two tracks. First legalized in 2016 with safeguards, track one refers to a request for made by a person whose death is reasonably foreseeable. Reasonably foreseeable. Like you've got liver cancer, it's spread, you're going to die, it's getting worse, you've got no will to live, you've spoken to everyone. Reasonable, I suppose. This is where they get us, isn't it? It's like they get you to agree. Well, under some circumstances, would you agree that a person should have the right to end their own life? Yeah, I suppose so. In fact, maybe all of us have the right to end our own life, I suppose. Because when you start talking about state intervention and facilitation, then we're getting into weird, weird moral territory. In 2021, MADE expanded to include Track 2. What about Track 2? What's on Track 2? Requests made by a person whose natural death is not reasonably foreseeable. Well, that's everyone. <laughs> that's all of us. Like, cause Look at what the categories are now. Is your death naturally foreseeable? Yeah. Terminal cancer. Okay, tick. And then the other category is not reasonably, but that's everyone. Also, that's the opposite of one. It's reasonably foreseeable. Fair enough. We're meddling in God's domain. We'll admit that. And furthermore, what about the opposite of that? Anyone? Or what about this? We all start taking rifles and picking people off in the middle of the street. While we're at it, why don't we invade Yemen? We're already invading Yemen. Oh, good. The number of reported made deaths in Canada has seen a steady increase, going from just over 1,000 in 2016 to over 13,000 in 2022. Whee! <laughs> it's the new COVID! But this time it's good! Extraordinary. It's popular, isn't it? This will be regarded as some sort of success, but this is depopulation, isn't it? Isn't that supposed to be a conspiracy theory, depopulation? 13,000 across a population the size of Canada doesn't represent anything at all. There's more to life than quantifying things 
things through statistics. There's this other thing called governments killing members of its own population because they're depressed. Probably because they're a member of that population. Psychiatrists are trained to deal with people in crisis, but some are now having their own crisis of confidence when it comes to medically assisted dying. Our role as therapists, as psychiatrists, is in suicide prevention. And so to ask us to then facilitate suicide is uh, very dissonant. You're a psychiatrist, yes. And so what is your main function as a psychiatrist? To help people to be grateful and happy to live. And haven't you found that difficult? Yes, it is difficult, but it's very rewarding on those occasions when you're able... I'm going to stop you there. Why don't we just let them kill themselves and in fact encourage them and do it for them? What? The laws around medical assistance in dying or made are set to expand, including Canadians with mental illness. That's everyone. One in four people, I think, right now, suffer from mental illness, and at some point, is everybody. How did you feel during the pandemic? How do you feel about these escalating wars? How do you feel about fuel prices, grocery crisis, existential, ontological crisis? How do you feel about living in a world where suicide's being turned into someone's job? But medical experts across the country warn Canada's healthcare system is not ready. Yeah, because I suppose it is a bit of an inversion of your best practices to go from keeping people alive to killing people. Instead of selling you apples and bananas, we're going to shoot you. I mean, like, it's such a radical change of what the function of everything is. Isn't it odd this is emerging out of a country like Canada, which till about, like, you know, five, ten years ago, I just thought, what's Canada like? Oh, it's probably a bit like America, but just less mad and less intense. America's got the obligation and pressure of policing the world and generating the global culture. Go to Canada now. How are you feeling? I'm a bit down in the dumps. Oh, really? What are you doing? And we already know there's not really a clear consensus on a definition of, for example, what it means for someone to have a mental illness that is incurable or irremediable. So we already know there's this risk of inconsistent application of MAID. Isn't that doctor, and don't be childish about her names, analysis very interesting, that it's too amorphous, diffuse and difficult to determine. It's a spectrum, it's a scale. And do you notice how often the culture is creating these weird things that are difficult to define, like, oh, mentally ill. What is hate speech? We'll, we'll tell you later. Doesn't it seem like the opportunity for extraordinary authority is being created? Because we started with, oh, this person is terminally ill. There's no foreseeable future for them. Would you agree? Yeah, there's no foreseeable future. And what about if there is a foreseeable future? Oh, bloody hell. And what if they're not even wanting to die, but we want them to die because they're truckers. We froze their bank accounts. They're hungry now and they're depressed. Uh, when does this end? Why does this begin? Can't you see and sense at least that there's a kind of rational data-driven desire to control areas of reality that aren't the business of the government. That's what I'm trying to say. Trisha Nichols told a parliamentary committee that her brother Alan was suicidal when he checked into the Chilliwack Hospital July 16th, 2019. Ten days later, he died with medical assistance. Oh my God, it's actually happening to people. I know people in recovery. When you're an alcoholic and a drug addict, once you've stopped drinking and taking drugs, you don't even really think about drinking and taking drugs. I'll tell you what you think about is like, I don't want to live anymore. It's normal. It happens all of the time. I speak to people every single day. I've felt it myself loads of times. We talk to each other. That's what you do, is you connect with one another and you tell people, I don't think I can do this anymore. Don't worry about it. You're not always going to feel like this. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through it. There are principles that go beyond the fulfillment of yourself. You're part of something bigger. There's a way through this. There's a way through it. Not, oh, well, see you then, Alan. That's not the answer. That's It's broken. That means we've got nothing to live for. I see this as a step towards the end of, of reason for living for all of us, in a way. How can our 
government even be looking at expanding made laws? Because this is the same country where they introduced those emergency laws as well. Like, we felt it was a bit of an emergency, so we thought we might invoke the Emergencies Act. They're all called things like Justin Trudeau and Christia Freeland. Like, everyone's names would make you think of in some, like, cuddly hobbit world. This is an emergency. They should be killed. It's amazing. There's a Nazi in part. What the hell's going on in Canada? There are currently no laws protecting the vulnerable or their families from made. Here he is, Justin Trudeau. Before you think that he might be an extraordinary creature of globalism facilitating dystopia, I invite you once again to look at how nice his hair is. Before you don't leap to any conclusions. We understand that making sure we're respecting people's rights and their choices. Rights, choices. This is mental. We're off track. At the same time as we protect the most vulnerable. Vulnerable. Got to protect the most vulnerable. Is a very important but challenging balance to establish. Psychiatrists fear that balance will be even harder to strike with the healthcare system under immense pressure. Telling my patients that you will make it easier for them to die has enraged me. They will die because of lack of services. They will die because psychiatrists will now have legal permission to give up. Yeah, it's an indication that there's been a subtle shift towards the preservation of life, the celebration of life, the sanctity of life, towards a kind of rational discourse which naturally concludes that it's okay to execute on behalf of the state people that can't participate. It's actually like a anthropological version of Skynet. One day Skynet realised it didn't need people anymore. One day the system realised it didn't need poor people anymore. It didn't need depressed people anymore. It didn't need mentally ill people anymore. And it just slowly started to dispatch with them. That's what this is. It's a window in something more horrifying. You know, the people that are behind this stuff will go look at Russell Brand. It's hyperbole. They're missing what my diagnosis is. I recognise at the moment it's 13,000 people a year. I watch the statistic, I watch the graph, I can see at the moment it's incremental and compared to the number of people dying of cancer, although that's gone up a lot lately, or the people dying from heart disease, although that's gone up a lot lately, it's not significant, or people taking their own lives anyway, although that's gone up a lot lately. What this shows you is state-sponsored death is becoming normalised. And look at the way that these kind of ideas have been progressing and normalised elsewhere in the culture and you'll see that what we're witnessing is the sprouting of a dystopic seed. The countdown to Joni Cowie's death has begun. Like many disabled Canadians, she is stuck in a cycle of poverty and despair. Jesus Christ, she's stuck in a cycle of poverty and despair. Think about what's going on in Canada. Think about what we're spending our time doing. Can't we all be talking to one another and communicating with one another and helping and loving one another? Or is our purpose here to just be sort of cellular drones receiving censored information from the state, putting stickers in our windows and blindly complying? So she's planning to end her life Up. with the government's help. They can have me dead in 90 days. That's what I was told. And like in my case, the problem is not really the disability. It is the poverty. What? These people are openly saying, I can't afford to be alive anymore. So I'm going to allow the state to kill me. Les Landry is in the same position, wanting to live, but seeing no other option than death. Since when did we stop looking at the value of human life in this country? My God. We do this stuff all the time. And sometimes you see things that make you recognize that what we're talking about is real. That 
is a shift in values. There's something nefarious and terrifying taking place that's going to require a kind of transition, a change of spirit to countenance it. Okay, let's get into some reporting. And what I want to point out here, some of this reporting is from the Washington Examiner, which is very right wing. And some of the reporting is taken from Jacobin, which is very left wing, which shows you when it comes to basic human principles, actually those kind of categories are irrelevant when compared to things like the sanctity of life and our integral connection to one another. Canada's immoral decision to encourage people who are inconvenient to society to kill themselves seems to have finally found a line that Canadian citizens may not want to cross. Canada has rapidly pushed towards handing out euthanasia like handing out candy on Halloween, but the country is being forced to delay its latest expansion because it does not have enough doctors and psychiatrists to sign off on killing the mentally ill. Again, it's only had cause for pause and thought because of the implementation of this policy, not because of the implications of this policy. The decision to include mentally ill people as eligible for euthanasia comes from the idea that anything that is incurable, even if it won't lead to that person dying, should be enough of a reason to allow someone to consider euthanasia. How long before you go, you know, everyone dies anyway? Keep talking. How about we kill people we don't like right now? Like truckers. This isn't the first expansion, and death-happy Canadian officials will certainly find enough doctors or cut enough corners to ensure the latest one can go through as well. People with anorexia have already been given the green light for suicide, and a growing number of young Canadians think that poverty should also be included as eligible criteria. It's so extraordinary. Anorexia is so serious and confusing, and I know those of you who have been affected by it. But the challenge is, why is this happening, and how do we stop it. And as for poverty, same question. Why is this happening and how do we stop it? Not, well, I suppose if those people were rubbed out. This is where the function and role of the legacy and mainstream media is called into question. When you think about Tucker Carlson's interview with Vladimir Putin, the assumption was that that shouldn't take place because we don't have the right to hear what Vladimir Putin might say to Tucker. What if he's lying? What if he's using his own propaganda? Well, what if we want the right to decide for ourselves, given that we're collectively spending billions and billions of dollars and pounds perpetuating that war? Look at the way that this issue is being created and presented and curated. These people, they're so poor. It's so sad. It's so dreadful. Well, think for a moment about how your country is being built, how your tax dollars are being spent, how a legacy media averts your attention from certain issues and presents you information in a particular way, when what is clearly required is a radical overhaul of how society is organised. Right, hold a minute. I'm giving nearly half my money every single week, every single month, every single day to the government because they're supposed to be investing it in infrastructure and society and creating even the concept of Canada. There is no Canada without the population, the land mass and the collective resources and the sets of ideals and laws and governance that are derived from it. And if it's leading to the normalisation of suicide or killing people because they're poor, do you think it might be time to have a look at what our values are? You sound like you might be a bit depressed. I am depressed. Mm -hmm. Nighty nighty. As well as depressed, you're a bit of a Putin apologist. No, no, I just sort of thought I might like to hear... No, no, too late, night, night. Hearing loss has also been included. Sorry, what was that? I said hearing loss was all too late. And medical bureaucracies have been accused of pushing patients to agree to kill themselves. Of course they bloody are. Of course they are. Of course, they're like, you know, from COVID, with COVID, take the back. I mean, this is what these mad bureaucracies are plainly generating. Canada's culture of death has caused its euthanasia policy to snowball from the ever-debated concept of allowing people with terminal health problems to end their lives to pushing for suicides for people who aren't going to die but have mental health troubles or if a large chunk of young Canadians get this, say, people who are poor. People with mental health problems are just too inconvenient for Canada's healthcare industry, apparently, and you can imagine that this plan will continue to move forward once Canadian politicians 
scrounge up enough doctors to start signing death certificates. This should be a red flag for Canada to stop this policy and reevaluate every word of it, especially given that Canadian doctors were the sixth leading cause of death in the country in 2021 due to this policy, and they put down over 13,000 people in 2022. Oh my God, they're putting down people now. They're putting down people. Fast-tracking patients into graves to save money under the guise of helping them is a disgrace, especially when the volume is so large that you need to find more doctors to keep up with the state-approved killings. My God, that's out of control, isn't it? They actually can't keep up with the rate of executing their own unhappy people. No wonder so many people are so unhappy. This is a real cash 22 situation they're generating. We don't have enough doctors to kill all the people. Why are the people so unhappy? Because they're living in Canada. Ah! The legalization of MAID brought to the fore some disturbing moral calculations, particularly with its expansion in 2019, to include individuals whose deaths aren't reasonably foreseeable. That's everyone. This change opened the floodgates for people with disabilities to apply to die rather than survive on meagre benefits. Euthanasia in Canada represents the cynical endgame of social provisioning within the brutal logic of late-stage capitalism. We'll starve you of the funding you need to live a dignified life, demand you pay back pandemic aid you applied for in good faith, and if you don't like it, well, why don't you just kill yourself? That's the language of the state now. What used to be the sort of language of a taunting juvenile playground is a discourse you hear from your own government. And while we're on the subject of pandemic aid, guess who made the most money during the pandemic? The very same pharmaceutical organisations that are probably even now working on a new vial in every sense of the word to eliminate poor people. Tim Stainton, director of the Canadian Institute for Inclusion and Citizenship at the University of British Columbia, told the Associated Press that Canada's MAID policy is probably the biggest existential threat to disabled people since the Nazis programme in Germany in the 1930s. It can't be a coincidence that Canada and Nazism keep somehow correlating, can it? Like they're bringing Nazis into Parliament, Christia Freeland's granddad's a Nazi. There's just something weird going on over there under the sort of peculiar aesthetic of liberalism. And you heard Trudeau there helping vulnerable people. It keeps leading to killing vulnerable people. This sounds hyperbolic, but there are endless examples of people with disabilities who are offered euthanasia as an alternative to living a life of pain and exclusion. And with the impending expansion of MAID to include people with mental illnesses, the problem is only going to get worse. A piece from Global headlined, How Poverty Not Pain Is Driving Canadians With Disabilities To Consider Medically Assisted Death Notes, the excruciating cycle of poverty that leads disabled people to choose assisted death rather than live a life filled with barriers to their existence. The the result is that according to a 2017 report from Statistics Canada, nearly a quarter of disabled people are living in poverty. That's roughly 1.5 million people, or a city about the population of Montreal. Whilst 13,000, I suppose, dreadful though it is, is a comparatively low number, it's already 13 times as high as it was like a few years ago. And if it exponentially grows at that rate and could include all poor people, and that seems to be part of the plan, it's pretty easy to see how you could get to a place where you're just executing swathes of the population, curating reality. Know how comparable, similar, and how easily affiliated this kind of discourse and reasoning is with the kind of transhumanist, we don't need people no more type argument. The way that we're sort of just rationalising ourselves into excluding and eliminating, in the most literal terms, great sections of the population, rather than reevaluating the set of values that determine behaviours and policies of globalisation, because they actually can be changed. It's not like, oh, well, you better all learn the code. Why don't we change 
everything using our collective power. When people are living in such a situation where they're structurally placed in poverty, is medical assistance in dying really a choice or is it coercion? That's the question we need to ask ourselves, Dr. Nahid Dasani, a palliative care physician in Toronto, told Global. Combined with COVID policies that have consigned disabled and immunocompromised people to a life of perpetual self-isolation, a lack of funding for people on disability assistance makes made an increasingly palatable solution to ending their suffering. In this context, the cavalier way in which MAID has been implemented in Canada serves as a form of eugenics where only the able-bodied survive. Hmm. Many countries which allow MAID have far more safeguards than Canada in ensuring situations like those above don't occur, making it extremely puzzling as to why Canada didn't implement them from the outset. Chief among them is the requirement in Belgium and the Netherlands that doctors must have exhausted all treatment alternatives before offering MAID. Both countries also have monthly commissions to review potentially troubling cases. In the Australian province of Victoria, doctors are prohibited from bringing up MAID at all unless a patient inquires about it. In Belgium, doctors are discouraged, although not prohibited, from doing so. It's cruel to refuse MAID for people on the verge of death with no prospects for recovery, but it's even crueler to offer death as an alternative to a support system. We've let the MAID genie out of his bottle. There's no going back. We must ensure that our healthcare systems have sufficient resources to guarantee everyone, regardless of their ability or mental health a dignified existence. Very important story, I believe, even though at the moment the numbers are relatively small and even though it could be argued that in its current form this is simply a form of assisting vulnerable people, or however Justin Trudeau would say it. But in the context of our ever-widening set of dystopian possibilities and our ever-narrowing chances of evading that clear plan. It seems that this is yet another of those stories that provides you with an understanding of what the overall agenda is. I through the mist sometimes glance the idea that there are nations that are piloting ideas, territories that are being purchased and acquired, a vision of what we do is we get rid of all those people. In a way we saw it in the pandemic. Ultra-rich people just were bombing about on planes going to islands. They weren't bothered. They carried on. I know that I didn't experience I live in the countryside. I'm alright. You know, it wasn't that bad for me. But I know some people were annihilated and destroyed by it. And the pandemic was a kind of a piloting in itself in some ways. I'm not suggesting it was false flag or any of those things. But it was a piloting of what happens when you increase measures of control, when you increase stress, when you reduce the financial possibility. It's just that it was an extraordinary period. And it's just so odd to me that a country like Canada, who along with Australia, I would have seen as a sort of anglophonic, not so fuddy-duddy and mental and imperialistic as old school Britain, not so warmongering and no offence if you are American. I mean, you know, the elite it's the establishment of America, not American people, as America. And that these countries are sort of where it's at in a way, like sort of Scandinavias of English-speaking people. But actually, this isn't the reality, is it? They're tied up in Five Eyes ideas. They're globalists. They're practicing Klaus Schwab's wildest dreams. They're signing up to WHO treaties. They're executing the poor and the disabled. I mean, they're actually quite avant-garde in many of their policies. It's like, Whoa, what are you guys doing? If it was art, you'd give them a powder back. But it's not art. It's politics. It's people's lives. It's is the very type of people that they often claim to represent. The vulnerable, the poor. We need to have a radical re-evaluation of the values and principles that generate these kind of conditions and then solve them by killing the people that are a consequence of those policies and ideas. But that is just what I think. Remember, usually we stream every single day. You can become a supporter of our content and get access to our paywalled stuff like our chat with Tucker and our interviews with Greenwald and Schellenberger and Vandana Shiva and you can join in the questions and be part of this movement. God knows we need you and I think we all need each other, don't we? Stay free. No, here's the fucking news.